You're listening to the Storytime Podcast. Storytime Podcast. This episode is going to be a good one. We have Jason Duncan here. He is a successful entrepreneur and who better than to talk about our topic today, which is going to be how to grow a successful business and how to be a successful entrepreneur. Jason, if you don't mind, could you do an intro for us real quick? Yeah, I'm the real Jason Duncan, and I'm honored to be here on the show. Glad that I got the invite to talk to you, and I hope that this is valuable to the listeners. But I am an entrepreneur. I'm mostly a coach. Coach other entrepreneurs how to live the exit lifestyle, and I'm sure we can talk about that if you want to. I figured out how to do that a few years ago when I exited a multi-million dollar company that I started back in 2010, but I didn't sell the company. So I still own it. I still get the tax benefits, still get financial benefits, but I figured out how to do something I call exit without exiting so that I could live the exit lifestyle without exiting. So that's kind of the shtick that I have and it's struck a chord and um, people, you know, people are coming to me and I'm helping them get free, get back, get their life back from their business. That's awesome. And I, I was looking at your profile. You just got off that motorcycle trip. How rewarding is it to start out these companies because people like they see the rewards, right? But they don't see like the grind and the hustle that you have to go through to be able to like go on a motorcycle trip if you like or enjoy those times. First off, like how was that trip? Let's talk about that because that was dude, cool. it, it was amazing. So, so I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, five of us guys on on our Harleys left out on the I don't know what date we left, but anyway, I think we left on a Thursday, and we rode total of 3,100 miles. We went out across Tennessee, the little foot of Missouri, all the way across Arkansas, all the way across Oklahoma, which by the way, if there's a hell, that's what you have to do the first thousand years of your existence in hell is you have to ride a motorcycle across Oklahoma because that was terrible. I don't ever, ever, ever will do that again. Uh, Then we rode into New Mexico and then north into Colorado, went through the Rockies, stayed in Telluride, which I'd never been to before. And it was as beautiful as you might imagine. It was unbelievable. We had such a great time. And uh, then we left Telluride. We went over to uh, Pueblo, Colorado, and then across Kansas, which is the second thousand years of hell riding across Kansas on a motorcycle. And then across uh, into Missouri, Illinois, Kentucky, and then back to Tennessee. And we did that in 10 days, 10 states, 3,100 miles. I had a flat tire and my gauges stopped working on my motorcycle halfway through the trip. So it was fun. Dang, man, I barely miss you. I'm in Utah, so right by Colorado. Why was Oklahoma and Kansas so terrible? Oh my gosh. Well, going across, well, first of all, they're, they're, they're flat and there's nothing to see. There's zero. There was a, there was a point at which we were riding across the panhandle of Oklahoma. And, you know, if the motorcycle could stay straight, if you could like lock the forks, um, you could put it on 75, 80 on cruise and go to sleep. There, there's nothing. You're not going to see anything. You're not going to hear it hit anything. There are no trees. The poor birds don't have anywhere to land. They're landing on the street and it's just nothing. As far as your, the human eye can see in at 360 degrees, nothing. Like no, I, I can't even describe the nothingness. There's no trees, no houses, no nothing. It's sad. And that makes me, as a former American history teacher, it makes me have much more disrespect for Andrew Jackson. If you remember, he's the seventh president. He was from Tennessee and he was yeah. the one who did the Trail of Tears and made the Indians leave Tennessee and Georgia and North Carolina and uh, march all the way out to Oklahoma. He said, you guys are going to have that. Well, that was a crappy thing to do. That's <laughs> horrible. I didn't even realize <laughs> that. Oh my gosh. Okay. The reason why I ask about your motorcycle trip is because I think it was your last video, if I'm not mistaken, 
you talked about having processes in place so you can do those kind of things, like especially as like entrepreneurs or inspiring entrepreneurs, it takes a lot of time to get to that level. How long did it take you to get those processes and people in place to even feel like you could do stuff like that? Well, that's a fair question. So I started my first big company in 2010. It, I didn't know it was going to be a big company, but 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 I had a couple of, I had a lawnmower company before that. And I had a, a website development company or a website design company back before that, but those just kind of fizzled out. Actually, I sold one, the other one just kind of fizzled out. But the one who really succeeded, I started that company in 2010 as an unemployed school teacher. Okay. And um, I had no idea what I was trying to accomplish. I just needed to pay the bills. Um, honestly, yeah. that, that's it. I started a business because my teaching contract did not get renewed due to budget cuts. I found myself having to make a decision and I thought, okay, well, I'm a good salesperson. I'll figure out how to do this company thing. Yeah. And uh, so seven years into that business, we had um, succeeded. We built a you know, a pretty substantial multi-million dollar company. We had at one point like 30 something employees, I think 36 employees or something like that. Things were going really well. I was making more money than I'd ever dreamed. I mean, I had no idea that what life was like to be in the top, you know, 5% of earners in the country. Yeah. I didn't, it was just, it was a dream, but I was running the business hundred percent of the time and never had an, had nobody, I didn't have a coach. Nobody had ever kind of presented the idea that, Hey, you know, you don't have to work this hard to do this, right? You, 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 you took the risk. You could take the reward as well. Yeah. So in 2017, I hired a business coach for the first time, which I believe every entrepreneur needs a business coach. I had tried to hire a business coach and wanted to hire a business coach rather for a long time before that, but my ex-business partner thought we were too smart for it, didn't need it. And eventually I just said, you know what, forget it, we're hiring one. So I hired one and that's when everything changed. That's when I went from, you know, just business owner to true entrepreneur and became a millionaire. That's when the business changed. That's when everything blew up. That's when we started getting recognized in Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine. I mean, life changed forever because of a business coach giving me better perspective. Now, that's um, a long, this is a long answer to your short question, but no, this is great. Yeah. how long did it take me to set up the processes, which is the question that you asked? Well, yeah. in 2017, the business coach proposed the question to pose the question to me. He's like, well, what do you want? Like, what, what are you what are you trying to do? And that was the first time in seven years I thought, OK, I don't I just don't want a job. Like, I don't, I don't want a job anymore. Can I figure that? Can I sell the company? And the company wasn't worth anything, even though we were profitable, millions of dollars in revenue, Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine. It wasn't worth anything because guess who was at the center of the business? Yours truly. So when I realized that, that's when I started working towards the thing I now call exit without exiting, even though it didn't really exist then. I, and it wasn't his concept. It was just yeah. to figure it out. So it took me a couple of years, probably two years of focused effort. But I'd already built a pretty good culture. I had a great team. We had great processes already put in place. But once I put my head down and focused on it, it was a couple of years. Now that I coach people to do it, I think you can do it much faster than that because I've figured out all the things to do and how to not do it. Like I screwed up enough for you. You don't have to fail. I failed for you. So yeah. um, I think most entrepreneurs can build those processes in under a year and make it happen. Wow, that's awesome. So one thing that we do is we, we help business owners and coaches and loan officers and agents create video content. And I love how you said it took you seven years to realize you needed to hire someone to teach you how to like be a successful business owner. I think the same thing goes for content too. So like, as I related to the audience, I think like you can keep creating video content, but what if your content isn't engaging and you don't know what you don't know, right? So ask someone that's lived through that and gone through it. So I love that you brought up that point. That's huge. When you were building that business, obviously you had to go through a lot of people. 
what did you look for when you were looking for the right people for your business? I think culture fit is more important than skills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, part of my coaching program, um, there are four principles that I teach in my coaching program. And the fourth one is invest in people. And I am part of that. When I go through that fourth principle with my clients, I talk about the location onboarding and hiring or hiring and onboarding of new people in your business. There's a very thorough process, 10 step process that I created over the years. And I, you know, I ha I've had to fire a few people and I've had a few people quit. But for the most part, I've got people that have been with me uh, almost 10 years. And these are millennials. And, and you know, if you know, if you know anything about millennials, they're not supposed to stay that long. They're they're usually, you know, quitting and finding another job every two or three years. So yeah. something in the in the mix of what we created at the company with the culture and how we hire and onboard people, it worked. It worked really well. So I teach my clients how to do that. So what I'm looking for to answer your question is I'm looking for culture fit. Like, do they fit with us? You know, I could use some pretty terrible examples, but I one was, um, you know, a guy came in. I uh, it was interviewing for a sales position. This is golly, it's been years and years ago. But he yeah. came in. I went through my normal process, and we were at the in-person interview stage. Like I talked to him on the phone, looked at his resume, done all the prelim stuff, and now he's sitting in front of me. And within ten, I don't know, five minutes, yeah. I knew this guy was not going to fit with everybody in my company. Like I don't yeah. care how good of a salesperson he was. He yeah. was rubbing me the wrong way. I knew he would rub everybody else the wrong way. And he wasn't rude. He wasn't abrasive. It's just, it didn't fit. They're like the puzzle piece didn't fit. And so 10 minutes into the interview, I just looked at him and said, hey, man, this is not going to work. And he was shocked. He said, dang, that's hard to do. He said, are you kidding? I said, no, man, listen, I'm all about making sure we don't waste time. I don't want to waste yours. I certainly don't waste mine. The worst thing I could do is tell you I'll be in touch and then never reach back out. You right. just... I can't see you sitting in front of my customers. I can't see you uh, blossoming here. Has nothing to do with your value or ours. It's just not going to work. And he was shocked, but he accepted it graciously. I walked him out of the office, shook his hand, wished him the best. And I know he was probably, you know, butthurt for a little bit, but like he probably was very grateful because then he went to bed that night and that cycle was closed. He didn't have to worry about it. He just went on and found another job somewhere. No, that's a crazy story, man. We we learned that the hard way a few months ago where we thought this guy was going to like just come in like guns a blazing and like, nope, it was like two months of like just straight down the drain because he didn't like talking to clients and like that was the job he needed to perform in his life. So yeah. I think it's good to learn from those mistakes. And I like that you mentioned, you said, do they fit my culture? But you said something more important. You said, could I see them in front of my clients? Because yeah, like they might work with me and it was, which is fine, but will they work with my clients and the rest of my business? And like, are they going to fit that culture? And I think that's a good way to think about it. Like if I put that person in front of one of my clients, will they be happy with what they're getting? So that's a giant tip because we definitely wish we would have learned that. <laughs> so awesome. You met Bradley or you went to see Bradley and you're on his podcast, which was pretty cool. Tell me about that story and that experience going on the stage with him and, and everything. Well, you know, I met Brad here in Nashville a few years ago. One of the coaches that uh, one of my former business coaches brought him in for an event, brought Brad in for an event in Nashville. And so I was at the event, met Brad for a moment. You know, I didn't know who he was from Adam at that point, but I met him and thought, okay, this guy's pretty cool. I started following him on Instagram. 
and uh, just stayed in touch. And then when I started my podcast, The Root of All Success, I started recording in, uh, in, in December of 2020, started releasing in 2021. I yeah. reached out to him and said, hey, man, you want to come to Nashville, be on my show? And so he said, sure. So he came to Nashville, got, was on my show. We had like an hour and a half conversation on the show. It was great. He's just an engaging dude very blunt and frank. I mean, you, you, you don't have to, he doesn't mince words. So we had a great, great deal. And at the end he said, Hey man, when you want to come out to Vegas and be on my show, you're welcome to anytime. I said, Oh, that's fantastic. Awesome. And so I waited until the mask mandate was over. Cause I wasn't going to do that mess. <laughs> so I just waited. And so when the mask mandate, like the day it was announced, it was over. I called Brad and I'm like, Hey Brad, I still want to come do the show. Is that, is that open? He goes, yeah, man, when do you want to come? So I scheduled it, went out, spent, well, I didn't plan on spending the day with him. I plan on just flying in, doing the show and leaving, but, but my flights were booked in such a way that I had like six hours of nothing to do. And so when I got there, I told him that he goes, man, all right, we'll just hang out. We smoked kind of two or three cigars. We hung out. He had some friends come over. We ate lunch. <laughs> so we hey. just it was just, it was a great, it was a great day. He's a, he was a very good host. He's got a great building there in Vegas and, um, you know, it was fun being on the show. Man, that's freaking awesome. I think one thing, as you start becoming an entrepreneur, you think like all these guys are so scary and you're like, should I reach out to him? Be like, I've never met you a day in my life. And I reached out to you and I said, Hey, can we do some content? You want to do my podcast? And I watched your videos and like, I knew you were a cool guy, but like talking to you in real life or, you know, real life. Like you're a super cool guy. And I think people are afraid to do that. Uh, <laughs> what advice would you give people that are scared to like talk to, to people? Listen, that what's the worst that's going to happen? Right. The, the worst that could happen is you reach out to, you know, somebody you want to talk to. Let's say you want to get in touch with uh, Elon Musk, for example. I don't know, Gary Vee, anybody. Yeah. I don't know. You reach out. The worst that happens is they say nothing. Right. Like that's the worst. I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to cuss you out. They're going to kill you. Like that, they're not going to do it. The worst that's going to happen is they're just not going to answer you. They're all normal people. Now, some of them think a little more highly of themselves than they ought. I'm not going to tell you who this was, but if he listens to this, he'll, he'll probably know it's him. But, you know, there's a guy that that's pretty famous in the coaching and, and Instagram world and does lots of micro content. And I found out recently that he and I are part of the same organization. It's kind of a, a private organization. And so part of the rules of that organization is you sh you get access to everybody. And I had no ask of this guy. I just wanted to meet him. Yeah. And and his assistant like got in the way and was like, well, if you want to schedule a five minute call with him, or if you want to be a part of his coaching program, I'm like, listen, I just want to talk to the guy. We're part of the organization. Like that's the do that's the deal. And so I'm not saying he thinks he's more than he should be, but his systems seem, you know, seem to indicate that. So, but the worst thing that could happen is something like that. So reach out to the people, be bold, reach out. You never know. They might say, yes, I actually, that same guy, I have a friend of mine who owns a podcast reached out during the middle of COVID when the, like at the beginning of the shutdown, when everybody was, nobody was doing anything. And he reached out and said, Hey, would you be on my podcast? Didn't think for a million years, this dude, because, you know, he was kind of a big dog. He's never going to yeah. come on my show. Well, he was bored because there was nothing else to do and said, Sure, I'll be on your show. So, like, he was gracious and did that. So, reach out because you never, it, we're, we're all the same. I recorded a short video today that'll go out next week about a, a business deal that went south for me today, like, went crappy today. And I just did a lot, like, a live react, like, Well, that sucks. And here's what happened. And guys, like even coaches who coach business people, like we screw up too. Like there's a bad thing. We do stupid stuff sometimes. So we're just normal people.
Yeah, that's awesome, man. And you talked about recording your videos. So I think this is a good segue into content creation because what this podcast is really about is like helping entrepreneurs or solopreneurs create engaging content online. When did you start creating, like, when did you start consistently create content um, and how's that affected your business? In uh, June of 2019. So in June of 2019, I had working for me at my lighting company at the time, a marketing director. And um, she was young, fresh out of college. And she said, hey, you should do some sort of, she helped, she was the person that encouraged me to go on Instagram. I'd never been on Instagram before. She said, you need to start just shooting some videos and and do, do something. Yeah. Well, I'm really good at sales. I'm good at teaching. So I thought, well, I'll start doing a weekly sales video. So I did a something called Friday sales tip. And you could actually look the hashtag Friday sales tip singular. If you look that up, you'll probably see all these old videos that I did, but I did two years worth of that. Every single Friday, I posted a five to six minute video on YouTube. And um, I think it went on Facebook and LinkedIn. And uh, of course, Instagram is too long. I don't remember what I did with it. Remember IGTV? Did that thing die? Like they don't Yeah, it did. it did. They got rid of it. So yeah. Facebook came out with an announcement where like, now you can do Facebook reels, but they basically said like, they're trying to compete with TikTok. So everything, they're just trying to replicate it. They're trying to take it over. Yeah, so, that's so that's when I started. So I started doing that. And then about early 2020, I started yeah. doing weekly wisdom videos on Wednesdays and that's hashtag weekly wisdom. I don't, I don't do either one of those videos anymore, but they're still out there. And that was where I would take a proverb, one proverb from the, from the Bible. And I would do a business application on that proverb. And because I love the book of Proverbs and I read it every day, every single day. I think there's so much wisdom in it. But but anyway, I did that. So that's how I started the content creation. And that got me comfortable being in front of a camera, like, you know, right now, just I can look at a camera and I got a microphone. It's just normal to me. So it got me comfortable doing that. But what I needed, I hired a coach to help me with media. And uh, so I hired uh, Hank Norman from uh, Two Market Media out of New York. He was the one behind uh, Mel Robbins and Grant Cardone, and like he 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 started the he started the show The View, which that probably doesn't say much about his because <laughs> that, that yeah. show's nuts. But anyway, like he he is in media, like he knows he knows media. So I hired him to help me, and so he taught me a lot about you know when to press record, and how to never say hey guys. Like that's one of his things. You're talking to one person. And that, yeah. that's one tip I could pass along from Hank is like, when you start a video on your phone, don't say, hey guys, don't say, hey, TikTok, don't say, hey, YouTube. You just go, hey, thank you for watching this or whatever. It's singular because yeah. only yeah. one person's watching time. Nobody's in a room full of people watching TikTok videos. It's one dude, one girl yeah. watching the video. Talk to them. So that he taught me that. He taught me some other stuff and, yeah. and uh, he's much more blunt. And Frank, that I am, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm <laughs> so, so I had to, I had to learn how to do it, but, but that's when I started now, how, what's it done for my business? It's hard to measure, but I think I know it makes a difference because it's brand awareness. People, yeah. my very first ever TikTok lead came in this, uh, last week while I was on the motorcycle trip, a guy messaged me through Instagram, but he saw a video yeah. on TikTok and he said, Hey, I want to talk to you. I need to get out of my business. I need you to help me do it. So. I don't know what video he saw. I don't know how he did it. There wasn't a CTA. You just saw a video. So it's helped for big time. That's awesome. And the reason, what, do you know who Mike C. Rocco is by chance? Um, the name's familiar, Mike's- but I don't think, yeah. So he, he, we actually, we started helping him create content in like December of 2020, right when COVID hit. That's like right when we started the company. And it's, it's cool because like the same thing, right? Like you don't, you don't see 
like direct ROI tied to it, but like the brand awareness and like how many people know who he is. Cause like, even for you, right. It's like, I know you because I was watching reels and then your reel came up on my feed. So it's, it's just cool to hear you talk about it. Like where you say it's hard to tie the ROI, but that brand awareness and being in front of people, because something that I hear a lot is, Hey, I only got like 12 likes, but it's like, that's 12 like people that watch your video that would, and it's free, it's free content. So um, I think that's just huge that you talk about that because you are very successful. And it's nice to hear that from someone that's consistently creating content from social. Well, um, thank you. I, you know, the way I look at it, man, is, um, you know, we all, businesses have to have a website. Like that's, that's a given. You've got to have a website. If you don't have a website, I mean, what are you doing? Well, is there an ROI on a website? Probably not. I mean, there's not. So if you said, hey, I want you to design me a website, it's going to cost $10,000. Well, when do I make my 10 grand back? Well, it's not, that's not how this works. I think, I think social media content, micro content is, is very much the same thing. It's like, you have to do it. Yeah. Is there, and I spent, I pay, I pay a guy. I've got a guy I pay to do my videos for me. I, of course I, I record them, send them to him. He edits them, drops them, you know, and then I've got my assistant post them for me. So, you know, I'm paying for that, but, but is there an ROI? Well, Maybe like if that dude that called me through TikTok eventually hires me, like we're still working through yeah. the details, you know, he's going to pay me a lot more than it costs me to produce that one video. I can tell you that. So, yeah, it's kind of like a website. You got to do it. It's just it's just where we're at in the world. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, it's so nice to hear people like, you know, business owners say that type of stuff because we're with a lot of solar entrepreneurs and they, they get hung up. I'm like, hey, I haven't gotten a lead from this. It's like, no, you have. Imagine the people that saw your content and are now talking to you without, it's not like they're going to mention, hey, Jason, I saw a video about you and that's why I'm reaching because they feel like a stalker. I mean, that's how I bet you. And I'm going to say I'm not a stalker, but that's how I bet you. But like most people aren't going to say that. So it's hard to tar- tie it back to it. So my piece of advice is just keep creating content. Anybody who's listening, you heard it from Jason too, keep doing it. So I kind of want to end with this because you're a coach. Why? I think we talked about it in the beginning, but why should someone hire a coach, a business coach? So uh, this is the this is the illustration I use all the time, and so so for those that are watching this, you'll see this. So uh, so you can see what I'm doing with my hands. But if if you're just listening, I'll, I'll explain what I'm doing. But all business owners look through at their business through blinders. So I've got my hands on either side of my eyes, kind of st- so I can only see forward. It's kind of like a horse has blind. They put blinders on the horse, so the horse doesn't get confused with with the peripheral vision. That's how we look at our business. And that's what makes us successful. But it's also what keeps us from being more successful because focus is required. You need to be focused. You know your business better than I know your business. That's true. Yeah. Like that, that, that's what you should know. There, you, you're not going to hire a coach who knows your business better than you. Your job is to know your business. The coach's job is to take those blinders off and give you a 180 degree perspective of what's going on in your business and pull back that, pull back those blinders. If a co- if you're not meeting with your coach and saying often, huh, I never thought about that, then you're not, you did not hire the right coach. A coach yeah. is there to make you think about things you haven't thought about. Go back to 2017 when I hired my first business coach. He posed the question, what do you want? I was so focused on running day-to-day business and making money and keeping everybody employed that I never even thought about what you want, what I wanted. So what he did is he pulled those blinders back and I got to see this whole new world. It's like, oh. All this stuff out there that I didn't know existed, new opportunities, and he helped push me towards that. That's a coach's job. And if you don't think you need a coach, you're going to be focused on running your business for the rest of your life. Congratulations. You're a job owner, not a business owner. 
That's awesome. That's huge advice, man. This is probably one of my, one of my most favorite podcasts. Thank you for hopping on. Um, if you're not following Jason, it's at the real Jason. We'll throw it up. It's, it's at the real Jason Duncan, right? That's correct. You can find me anywhere online at the real Jason Duncan, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, I'm not really on Facebook, but I'm there, but, and Twitter, but you know, whatever I'm there. Awesome. And you haven't asked for anybody before we end this episode. Do I have a what? An ask, like uh, maybe look at coaching or, or something they can go to. Yeah. I mean, if you, uh, it, what, here's the thing, this is, this is what I'd offer as free value. Would you go, go to the real jasonduncan.com slash E M S that stands for entrepreneur masters series. This is free value that I do twice a month. I do a 90 minute episode, very much like what we're doing now, but instead of podcasts where you're just asking curiosity questions about my story, what I do is I take my guests, experts, and we dive into a specific topic that will help entrepreneurs be better in their business. So for example, the next one that's coming up, I usually do two a month. I'm only doing one in July because of travel schedules. But in July, I'm doing one on July 26th with Dr. Amanda, Dr. Amanda Barrientes. She's the founder of a company called NFA Money, and she is a money coach. And we're going to do, she's going to talk about for 90 minutes with my help, we're going to talk about the three, the top three blocks that are preventing you from making money as an entrepreneur. And it's all in your head. And so she's going to, we're going to do 90 minutes on that. So we've done that. We've done how to build a better website to attract more customers. We've done a how to find a million dollars in unsecured lines of credit for your business. We did one on how to uh, use life insurance to build generational wealth. Like it's very tactical information. So that's free. So all you got to do is go to the realjasonduncan.com slash EMS. You hit the register button. You're registered permanently for all of them. You don't have to show up, but you're registered for all of them and you get the replay to every single one all for free. Hey, I was on the last one. So make sure you sign up. It was, there was a lot of value um, just coming out of that. And I couldn't attend the whole one because I'm meeting, but he'll send a recording after so you can replay it too. So thanks again, Jason, for hopping on and we'll see you guys next time. This is great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Storytime Podcast. Be sure to catch us next time to stay up to date with all the latest on content creation and social media. Also subscribe to our trend reports at story.co slash trend reports to get the latest trends in your inbox. We'll see you next time. Storytime Podcast.